0: Hi, and welcome to Organizing Life's Daily Demands. My name is Peter Gordon, and I'm the president of New York Financial Organizers, and I'm thrilled to have the vice president of uh, New York Financial Organizers, actually my partner, Jacob Gordon, on our um, podcast today. And uh, we're going to talk about how we work together and the services we offer and we're going to get Jacob's point of view. So good morning, Jacob.
1: Morning, Peter. Thanks for having me.
0: That's my pleasure. It's like, uh, it's exciting. Um, I'm actually, as people probably figured out and know already, you know, you're my son and partner and um, I'm, I feel really blessed to have you as my partner. Things are working out really great. Um, As we'll talk about, this wasn't the plan, but it's, i couldn't ask for more so as we do in podcasts, we start with questions and uh i'm gonna ask what was it that drew you into the business
1: well it's kind of a two-fold answer so i i'm the oldest of all my cousins and when i was born all my grandparents were already 64 and older uh so growing up me and all my cousins had to learn the patience required to deal with people who are elderly to to have an enjoyable time you know i i I also grew up with one of my grandparents peter's father was almost entirely deaf so i also learned how to speak to somebody who couldn't hear and, and to speak clearly and look into their eyes and make sure that they could read my lips and i didn't realize until later on just how much that helped me prepare for the line of work that i'm now in But the way that I actually got into the business was I came out of school in 2015 and I was looking into getting an MSW and and possibly becoming a social worker. And while I was looking for uh, a program that I could both afford and that felt like a good fit, uh, Peter's business, New York Financial Organizers, was taking off and, and he needed some help. So originally, I actually joined because I thought it would be another gig. Um, you know, Peter had a graphic design business in the nineties the to the early two thousands. And I grew up at the office where my brother and I were the boss's kids and we never really thought about working with, with our father. It never crossed our mind as, as much as people would ask us. And so when I started working with Peter in 2017, people thought, oh, you're taking over the family business, but it really wasn't the plan. And, and then, uh, um, you know,
0: as, a, as a matter of fact, when you wrote your bio. I read the bio and you said, I always wanted to work with my father. And I was like, why'd you make that up? And you're like, I didn't make that up. I came to your office and I used to think about it all the time.
1: Yeah, it was hard not to think about it. We'd come over and and this was a graphic design business in the late 90s, early 2000s. So it had computers it that we could play with uh, that most kids didn't have. So it was pretty cool to get to go to the dad's office, which was four blocks away from, from our apartment, play on the computers and, and hang out with, all of his employees. Um, and it felt like being, you know, part of the team, which was, which was, a certainly a unique way to grow up.
0: Um, but what was it that drew you to this business?
1: Well, what drew me in after I started working with Peter, you know, and again, I I thought it was just a gig was the people, you know, it became more gratifying. And I realized that this line of work definitely, Satisfies the need for that I had for social work. We help people who need help. Um, you know, I saw firsthand just how our line of work can can help people who are really in distress. Through my own grandmother, Peter's mother who uh, is essentially the reason this business even got started in the first place, because she, she used community Medicaid, New York state. And Peter went through a pretty intense learning process that we all in our family watched him go through to, to help her do that, to help her stay at home and age in place. And she lived in her apartment alone for the last 10 years of her life, pretty comfortably. And most of that was thanks to both Peter's efforts and the program of community Medicaid. So
0: my brother and my sister helped a lot.
1: <laughs> they helped. yeah, but you 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 know you took charge and and you turned it into a business. That's true. It was a learning opportunity into a world that still today is not very well exposed. So you know, see, seeing that on a personal level, combined with helping clients myself and the first people I was working with, It was a kind of a moment of clarity, realizing that this is what I I want to do. It's helping people and it's satisfying that need. And it's also, you know, dealing with more objective black and white work where it's people's finances you know you, uh, social work is wonderful but it's an entirely subjective field whereas daily money management i find to be a, a very nice balance and mix of subjective work which is to be caring and kind and objective work which is to be dealing with people's finances and making sure that the math adds up for their bills and their income and expenses um and it's that blend that made me realize that this is what i want to i want to yeah doing. that
0: that's that's great that's a, a, a different way and i like it a new way to me of saying that uh, we're 50% bookkeepers, 50% social worker. Right. You know, and um, so t- what? T- to you, what are the personal rewards of being in the business? You know, e- elaborate a little bit on it.
1: Um, well, it's, you know, it's it's getting to be on the other side of what my grandmother dealt with for so long, of, of seeing people breathe that sigh of relief, not having to deal with making sure that, you know, checks aren't being written fraudulently, or large sums of cash are going missing. And, and, um, you know, dealing with parents that are slipping or possibly being victims is not what you want to deal with when you're visiting your elderly mother, you know, and and I, um, it's a bit crass, but I often say your relationship with your mother shouldn't involve always having to know the state of her commode. And we can help people do that. And that's what makes our work gratifying is people can just enjoy their relationships with their elderly family members while we take care of the awkward conversations and the hard stuff so that, uh, you can focus on just maintaining those relationships and enjoying them in their, in their retirement or enjoying them in their quest to, to live comfortably wherever it is they are. Yeah. I mean, that was,
0: that was a very graphic point you made out with the commode, but that's from personal experience. So it's pretty, it's pretty intense. Um, and, and as I, I couldn't agree more, very uh, gratifying. Um, now, what are the types of, uh, I mean, we, you know, we work with a lot of seniors, but we do other work and that you've been really pioneering a couple other things. Why don't you talk about that?
1: Well, I imagine you're talking about fiduciary work. So we engage in uh, a lot of fiduciary work in the state of New York, meaning that we serve as power of attorney, healthcare proxy, uh executor trustee or any combination of those for a variety of our clients whether they be elderly, uh, or disabled or younger with nobody else to trust so we come into uh these kinds of uh cases meeting people who are either worried that they're going to become the victim of uh a bad actor you know which has been more common recently and it's been getting a lot more uh National reporting done when you see these kinds of guardianship scams or people yeah. getting ripped off by false powers of attorney. Um, so, the people are, are concerned about these things and bring us in to act as power of attorney for them because they know that we, uh, we can act appropriately and also ensure that nobody else will be acting in bad faith on their behalf. But we also work with those who are elderly who might not have any family left. Uh, And want to make sure that their wishes are done properly and that uh, they have people in place that they can trust who aren't necessarily going to make for some awkward conversations after they pass away. Um, And this is, again, something that I I saw in my own personal life with uh, with my dad. Peter is the middle child. And when uh, my grandmother passed away, the three of them had to sell her apartment in Manhattan and there wasn't a lot of contentious conversations surrounding the sale of the apartment, um, but there was a lot to do. And, and money changes people, especially when it comes to inheriting uh, things. And when one of those siblings, this in this case, my father, uh, is doing more of the work or is even the executor and the other siblings aren't, it causes a lot of conflict. And so we find that having a neutral third party to be involved in those proceedings and to have the expertise that we have in the fiduciary world just makes for the conversations to be easier. Again, it allows for our clients to just focus on grieving and focus on being together without having to deal with the nasty conversations surrounding who gets what.
0: Because I, I do want to add that <laughs> though, in my case, there wasn't any
1: animosity with my brother and no. Yeah, yeah. It worked out very well. But uh, there was certainly possibility for it. You know, yeah, yeah. We thought there was going to be. I,
0: I thought there was going to be. And I'll give a little uh, aside, a little story about that. And that um, my sister was really early on before my mother passed. My sister was like, well, we have to divide everything up. And we have to make sure how we're going to do this and make sure everybody's okay with it. And my brother and I were like, oh, Okay. You know so we agreed to meet at my mom's apartment uh, on a saturday morning at 10 o'clock so my brother and i got there early we got there at 9 30 with post-it notes and put our initials on everything (laughs) you know it was only his initials or my initials it wasn't anything of my sister
1: and uh you know we all had a good laugh out of that well and that i would say is a rare case More often than not, either the proper planning hasn't been done, so people don't understand that thing that things are going to be equitable and come into the process, you know, kind of raring to go, or people think about it and are contentious from the get-go. So when when we come in, we can serve as a, a, a. a kind of a lightning rod for those conversations to, to uh, have people who might be arguing with one another dealing with us as the professional who's in charge of the estate or who's in charge of the person who's still alive and needs a power of attorney uh, rather than de- than getting upset with each other and, and saying some things that they don't want to say and that can't be taken back. Yeah. And the reason that I'm becoming a uh, power of attorney and executor and trustee for quite a lot of people is because I'm young. Most daily money managers uh, are in a similar situation as Peter, where they had another career or two beforehand and and began their businesses in their fifties or sixties. And when you're in your sixties or seventies, taking on a fiduciary capacity can only last for so long, but I I'm 30. And I I'm pretty confident that I'm the youngest daily money manager, certainly in in the the country. Um, And so I'm going to be around for a while. So I have clients, ranging from I'm power of attorney for somebody who's 101. Um, and I'm also power of attorney for somebody who's 40, you know, and the, the the range is so wide because I'm going to be around for a while. And that's why that prospect can be very attractive to both our clients and also to attorneys exactly. who run into clients who clearly are vulnerable or susceptible to being taken advantage of and need somebody there to act on their behalf, or even to just, Lie in wait as an executor for when the time comes. Um, yeah, and- no,
0: that, there are there are a number of attorneys who love working with us because they know there's that continuity there, and right. um, that's really important. And and a, <laughs> a lot of our clients feel the same way.
1: Right. Well, and usually uh, because it's the two of us, one of us will be the the primary power of attorney, and the other will be the backup. Uh, I can't not talk about this on this podcast, but we have a client, the person I just mentioned, who's 101 years old, uh, had Peter as her power of attorney and demanded to meet with me and set her up as her backup because she was worried that she would outlive Peter, which is not an illegitimate concern, but it's one of the fun, most fun conversations I've ever had in my <laughs> professional career. Yeah.
0: Um, so tell me, what is... um what are the common issues that you deal with, with some, you know, your clients? Um, I, I actually, I'm going to take a step back. I also want to talk about the fact that we just, we're, we're not limited to working with the elderly and, uh, and we have younger clients and I, I wanted you to touch on that.
1: Okay. Uh, well, like I just mentioned, I'm also power of attorney for somebody who's 40. Um, we work with people who might, uh, have disabilities, Who might be suffering from severe mental illness who need proper representation. And we also work with people who are younger who just want to make a budget and keep track of their spending. You know, so our work doesn't just lend itself to the elderly, although we. We did begin the business catering to them, but we also can work with anybody who just wants to keep better track of their personal finances, whether it's your income and expenses, whether it's trying to make sure that your bills are paid on time, because not everybody is uh, as good as keeping those things on time or on automatic payments or just keeping proper, proper records as they like to be. And we can just provide a, a good second pair of eyes for our younger clients to manage insurance claims, to keep proper track of their vital documents, um, to work with them using uh, Quicken, which is a great personal bookkeeping software, to make sure that they're not overspending. And if they can set their own goals, then they can see a significant improvement working with us just on making sure that they're not overspending their money and that they're saving or, or they're doing whatever it is that they want to do with their finances. We can help them reach their goals. So another example of a client we have is, is somebody who's quite young. She's only a few years older than me and, and um, has significant amounts of insurance claims to file based on uh, a few different physical disabilities that that she has now we can help her submit all of her uh claims to various kinds of insurance between mental health uh pain management home health aids with catastrophic insurance but we can also still help them with their personal finances you know this is someone who's 37 years old and goes out and has a good time and wants to make sure that they're not overspending their money so we our services are offered a la carte to help anybody in any situation, just with whatever it is that we can do to help them, you know? So between somebody who's that young, who needs help with insurance claims and income and expenses all the way up to somebody who's in their eighties or nineties and is possibly losing their hearing or their sight, and is dealing with significant medical insurance claims, or even possibly considering Medicaid in New York state and needs a fiduciary representative, we can work for people for as little as an hour a month, all the way up to maybe twenty hours a month, just based on their circumstances, and, and that's why I think that that uh, what we do works is because we can hand tailor our work to their specific situation.
0: And the other thing is is that you know, we don't we don't work in a vacuum. We have a lot of different uh, cohorts that we work with that provide other services, and we stick. And you know, we very much stay in our own lane and yeah. deal with the uh, non-investment side of personal finance. And we have uh, connections with a lot of other professionals who are the experts in what they do. And um, you know, I know um, you know you've really developed a great network of of other people who um, who can help our clients and who can bring us in when their clients need help.
1: Yeah, well, there's, you know, like I said before, there's somewhat of a vacuum of younger professionals in these services between uh, daily money managers, accountants, there's very few accountants in their 30s and 40s, um, and, and geriatric care managers, and those are kind of our power partners, as well as trust and estate attorneys. There are not a ton of them anymore uh, who are millennials or even late Gen X um, doing this. And so as uh, the people who kind of started the industries of geriatric care management and daily money management phase out, there's going to be a lot of, of need for our services. And, um, you know, the industry needs to not not only grow, but also grow in awareness. You know, one of the things that we deal with most is that people not only have people not heard of us in particular, they've never even heard of our industry, right? And it's right. a really, it's a really helpful industry. Because like I said earlier, it's a good mix of personal services with also uh, objective work and personal finance. So we can provide that that companionship because I visit my clients and we get to know them personally, while also lending expertise in the more black and white issues of fiduciary work, or even serving as a representative of an estate that people just do not consider. Um, you know, And oftentimes most people's experience with the estate process or with even, um, fiduciary capacities at all like power of attorney or guardianship most people's experiences with that is through tv and movies and (laughs) and the fact is is that that's not how things work in real life um most of my friends asked me about that there was a movie that came out called i care a lot about a guardianship scam and people asked if that's exactly what i deal with and, and of course it isn't it's a movie um but between you know extreme Media examples like that, or uh, people thinking about how the estate process works, where you're called into an attorney's office to actually read a will. Um, people need to be better informed and need to have better resources uh, that are going to be around for a long time.
0: Yeah, no, and and uh, that's one of the remarkable things about you is that you have your estate plan, you know, set already at, at a young age, but. I mean, we see it firsthand about how people do not have simple documents. You know, that power of attorney is incredibly important. And people in their 80s don't have that. Um, It's it could be problematic. And um, we've run into that a lot. And so a big part of what the future of our business is going to be is educating others and, and trying to bring others into the industry.
1: Well, and also educating people on the importance of these documents. Like you said, you know, we had a client who passed away a few years ago, but her power of attorney was the super in her building and the building at 1200 residents. So this, this person had no time or ability to to perform the the responsibilities granted to him in that document, but he took it on because he, you know, felt bad that this, this woman didn't have any other people that she could trust with it, and he thought it was the right thing to do, when in fact it was actually quite dangerous for both of them, from, in terms of both liability for him and in just, you know, people taking advantage of her because the, his, her power of attorney wasn't in constant contact with her and, and on top of the game. Um, you know, so, so spreading the word about how important it is to have the right person representing you uh, whether it be because of their youth or their expertise or, or their ability to perform the responsibilities is really important. And I think that's something that's very undervalued nowadays.
0: But um, and it, that's an interesting case in and of itself. And that so he was the power of attorney and he got us involved right, to make sure everything was taken care of. All the bills were paid and we dealt with uh, the care managers and the, the agencies. However, um, the client didn't have a will and or let alone a trust. And she died without a will. And the reason she didn't have one is because she wasn't competent when it came, you know, she, she, you know, an attorney could not say that this woman knows her assets and she knows what's going on in her life. So it ended up going to the public administrator. That's a whole nother Conversation. Actually, we should do that as a as a video. Yeah, and um, uh, it, it's not really the way you want to go, and so that's why those documents are so important. Well, Jacob, this has been great. Um, you know, uh, obviously, I'm very proud, and I feel very lucky that I have a you know a, a partner that I could depend on, and that um, that loves what he does as much as I do. And I'm happy that we're going to be uh, growing it together. Absolutely. Um, Any final words?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I'm just happy to to be a guest again and uh, looking forward to doing some more of these videos and and just spreading the word.
0: Yeah. And you see, we're very fond of being in touch with individuals. We have our personal um, mobile numbers on the screen behind us, and um, we really welcome any question about anything dealing with personal, you know, non-investment side of personal finance. And there are a lot of issues there. So um, I look forward to uh, hearing from anybody with any questions. And uh, I look forward to working with you later today, Jacob.
1: Yep. See you then. Thanks again.